people were sick of crooks. So they turned to the least crook guy they could find. This son of peanut farmers in Georgia, uh, Jimmy Carter. And uh, Jimmy Carter was a evangelical Christian. He'd grown up in, in a actually fairly well-off family that owned a peanut farm, but he grew up like in rural Georgia on a dirt road where everyone who lived around him was black. And uh, his dad was a segregationist, but he let him play with uh, all of his neighbors. And so he grew up being friends with um, black kids. And some combination of that and his deep Christian background um, made him be a politician who was always very uh, outspoken about what he thought was right, and that included uh, racial justice. He had served in the Navy, and then he had come back after his dad passed away and taken over the peanut farm for a while. Uh, He had gone through some hard times with his wife. The, The parents died in debt, and so they ended up living in public housing for a little while. It makes him the only president who's ever lived in public housing. And he's just, he's like Mr. Rogers. This is a man who at times has seen some hardship in his life and who knows poor people and uh, black people um, in a way that as a Southern Democrat allows him to become the governor of Georgia. And his, his kind of moral compass is so openly central to his worldview that it makes him the kind of person that people after Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford uh, are ready to elect. In the end, though, uh, it also causes him a lot of problems in office because he just really believes if you do the right thing, it'll work out. And so, you know, while he's in office, um, the inflation problem gets a lot worse. And then there's an oil embargo uh, against the United States because we've supported Israel. Um, and Israel being recognized under t- Harry Truman. But then during Jimmy Carter's presidency, um, there's the Yom Kippur War, which is an attempt by the Arab nations to overthrow Israel, and the U.S. supports Israel. And so in return, all of these Arab nations cut off oil supplies to the United States. And it's this huge crisis. There's huge you know, lineups at the gas pump. Um, and in a sort of Gerald Fordy kind of way, actually, Carter goes on television and says that he wants people to drive slower <laughs> and to turn down the thermostat in their house and put on a sweater. And like that's how we're going to get through this oil embargo thing. And people don't like that. And Jimmy Carter, even though he's remembered as a very uh, pacifist president, he uh, worked on treaties with the Soviet Union to try to uh, decrease nuclear weapons. Uh, he worked to try to increase our international aid to help poor countries around the world. Um, he also is the author of the Carter Doctrine, which said if anybody uh, interferes with the flow of oil out of the Persian Gulf, the United States will treat it as if it's an attack on itself. And uh, he took that seriously. Um, and it was during his presidency that Iran had a revolution. Uh, Because the Shah was overthrown. Um, And then the U.S. Embassy was taken over by these radical Muslim students. 
uh, or I don't know if they're ra- if they're I mean they're Muslim and they're radical, but a lot of the you know the Islamic it's called the Islamic Republic of Iran, and the question with the Iranian Revolution is always is it more about it being Islamic or is it more about being a republic? They put in place the Ayatollah Khomeini who um, was a very strict religious leader, but many of the people who participated in the revolution saw this as like their chance to get democracy back after years under a dictator that had been put in place after their last democratically elected leader was ousted by the CIA. Anyway, it's terrible for Carter because on television you're seeing these hostages who are like American citizens being held and mistreated um, by this mob of people who are burning the American flag in part in anger that dates back to Mossadegh, in part in anger about the U.S.'s continued military presence all over the Middle East, um, and in part about our support towards Israel. And so the American flag is burned, people are being held, and Carter tries to figure out a way to negotiate to get these people released. It doesn't work. He sends in a group of um, special forces in helicopters to try to rescue them. Those helicopters get shot down and uh, all of the U.S. troops are killed, and it's just a public relations disaster. And meanwhile, the oil embargo is causing all sorts of problems, and inflation hasn't really gone away. And so it's a real time of um, loss of confidence in the United States' power to make things happen around the world. And Carter's most famous speech, he goes on television and he says that what he sees is that America is having this crisis of confidence and that the true problems aren't about our foreign policy or about the economy. What's really happening is that Americans have lost faith in themselves and in their government. And in some ways, it's such an idealistic speech, and it's coming from a man who had really deep faith in God and who felt and had faith in people. And he felt like if he just spoke the truth about what he saw happening in the country, that things would get better. But it's also a very pessimistic thing to say to a country that's like having insecurity issues. And um, most people reacted very negatively towards him uh, doing this. And he is very quickly um, seen as weak and um, too liberal and... um, not pro-America enough. He didn't choose for the Iranian Revolution to happen on his watch, but it did. And it happened right at the time of the re-election race, in which he's facing the man who people have expected to be the Republican savior for quite some time, who almost beat Nixon for the nomination in 1968, uh, the first Hollywood president. Ronald Reagan. 